0: To get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome
1: to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet. In Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. I am with G Hey Wiley as always, and uh, let's not waste any time. It's Thursday and that can only mean one thing. Let's head out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Money Mona. Money
0: Mona, how are you? Uh, doing good. Uh, my teams are actually doing pretty well. Um and basketball season starting soon, so there's really nothing I can complain about right now.
1: I know. Let's, so let's go around the bend. Let's, let's kind of begin with all of your teams. Let's start with the Rams. I, I had a fun time, you know, because Los Angeles gets a lot of grief, and listen, uh, that game on Sunday is probably the most in terms of the opposing fans taking over, but you, you did a good job hanging out with the Rams, the tailgating situation, all the the fans out there, by the way, G Hey uh Grant was uh, hanging out with Jamie Maggio, our good friend Jamie Maggio. Oh, I love Jamie. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's focus on the game, though. I mean, I have never been more um, optimistic about a team following a loss again. You you have to realize this the Rams have lost nine straight games to San Francisco, so that means when they won the Super Bowl, they lost twice to them in the regular season. During this amazing run with Sean McVeigh, they've generally lost twice to San Francisco. So no shame in losing. But the way that they did Grant had the lead in the first half, uh, was 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 within striking distance for the entire game, lose by one touchdown. Again, you're talking about the class of the league perhaps right now. And the Rams play toe to toe with them. How much more confident? Again, you go to Seattle, you beat up on the Seahawks, a Seahawks team that that, that may actually be pretty good this year. You go toe to toe with San Francisco. Great. Your thoughts on the Rams through two games?
0: Yeah, through two games, it's about as good of a start as you could ask for. I mean, obviously, two and no would be great, but yeah. you know, you go, you take on two division rivals, both of which who you thought would be at the top of the division, probably, maybe still will, and you go into you know Seattle and you destroy them. But then this Niner game, you know, a lot of you know, I think everyone has. The Niners winning, and myself included. But yeah. the the way that they lost, like like you said, this is probably the most optimistic loss I've had ever. Maybe um, just because you know this team really doesn't have many expectations. It's kind of just like a wait and see with the Rams. You know, what are they going to be on offense? What are they going to be on defense? So far on offense, they've been excellent, even against a Niners defense that some tout as the best in the league. Uh, they have Joey Bosa. They just got Hargrave. Um, they have a pretty good secondary. So the Rams kind of tore them up. And it's it's really, it's shocking to me as well because I knew that their offense would be better than it was last year. I did not think that they would be one of the best in the league this quick. No, I thought it would take some time, especially without Cooper Cup. Um, but our guy, Puka Nakua just yeah. keeps doing it. I mean, he had 15 receptions for 147 yards. He has more, I think, uh, receptions than, I believe, Justin Jefferson. He has more receiving yards than Stefan Diggs and DeAndre Hopkins. This kid, Puka Nakua is not just a flash, and a lightning in a bottle. It, it's j- it, He's going to be something special in this league. Um, I think we all saw that every everyone that watched him at BYU kind of knew that. It was just his injury history and then he kind of fell to the fifth round. This Rams team is utilizing him like Cooper Cup and it's not just him. It's Tutu Atwell. It's guys like Kyron Williams. Now that they've traded away Cam Akers, you have Kyron Williams kind of stepping in there and becoming that de facto number one guy. The offensive line has allowed one sack through two games. and I know Joe Noteboom came out of the game uh, last weekend, but he will be ready to go on Monday. They have another test. Like I said this the schedule is is really tough you have to play the Bengals at cincinnati on monday night um it remains to be seen if Joe Burrow is going to play in that one, but you know, for Rams fans, I mean, you you should probably be as optimistic as possible. I will say this: I think at this juncture, and you know, I think this team is going to just keep getting better. I think at this juncture, the Rams can compete with any team in the league, and that's the Cowboys, the Niners, the Eagles. I don't care who you put up against them. If their offense is clicking like this and they're, they're healthy, I mean, th- this is a shocking start for me, and it, it's a good shock. But but it, it's just I, I really think that they can compete. With anybody in this league.
2: Yeah, Grant, um, you mentioned Puka dropping to the fifth round because of injury, and um, I'm just afraid. This guy is a stud. Um, We talked about this during the preseason, we talked about this during camp. We talked about Puka and how great he's going to be. I'm just afraid that he's going to get hurt again um specifically because of the way that he kind of he kind of falls like uh, he doesn't really know how to take a hit as <laughs> well in the NFL so That's it true. really really concerns me what um what are your concerns as far as Puka staying healthy
0: yeah I mean already he's had you know g- coming into the last game he was questionable you know there was there was a question as if you know if, if he was even gonna play I think pretty much knew that he was gonna play, but it you know, they, they labeled it as an oblique, but he was getting crushed in that week one game. I mean, he was getting hit everywhere. And even in this week two in that week two game against the Niners, I mean he he was taking hits. That's what I'm I'm actually worried about the most is him just you know, because he's a guy that plays across the middle, right? He's a guy that goes he does a lot of slant routes, he, he gets open in the middle, a lot of curls. So they he's going to get hit across the middle and I hope, I, I'm praying that, that he, he starts to learn how to, how to fall down, kind of like Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's one of the best at just falling down when he catches the ball. Um, but I, I really hope that Puko that's probably one thing that I'd like for him to learn. I mean, at this point, his routes are crisp. His, his hands are very good. He just has to learn how to not take as big of a hit. I know, I know it's kind of unavoidable, but... It is a, it is a concern, especially like you see Cooper Cup. Like he got banged up in that Super Bowl run, and then the next year, you know, he got banged up even more, and he got he was out for the year. And even this year, you know, I know it was a soft tissue injury, but those those things add up, especially for a receiver that that's in a slot that's taking a lot of hits. It's uh it's something to to keep an eye on, and, and you know he's healthy going into this game. Uh, you know, there's no injury report. There's not he didn't pop up anywhere, so that's good. Um. But yeah, it is a concern, GA. You're right, I, and I hope that he he learns from it a little bit at least.
1: Great. When uh, Cooper Cup comes back, I mean, so it, it is the hope that he gets back by week four or five? Uh, yeah. So.
0: Before? Yeah, so Sean McVay, you know, he, they placed him on the IR. Basically, I, I, I think they placed him on the IR kind of just to get him absolutely 100% right going into week five. Yeah. And Sean McVay's come out and said that in week five, we expect him to be ready to go fully. And that's kind of yeah. why they placed him on IR. You know, Cooper Cup with that with that injury, I've heard so many different things about his hamstring, whether it's genetic or there's a nerve issue or it's you're know, lingering here and there. I, I don't know. There, there's not many updates about him. They're just kind of a wait and see right now. But Sean McVay did mention that in week five, he should be just ready to go and back into the lineup. So that that's also some room for optimism there.
1: Um, we're heading into kind of home stretch here for the Dodgers home series uh, to kind of wrap up things at Chavez Ravine against the San Francisco Giants. You know, they 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 played well. Again, I, I think there was sort of a doomsday scenario there where you lose – Julio Urias, obviously. I mean, he's done with the team. Uh, you don't have the Dustin May. You don't have Tony Gonsolin. You don't have Walker Bueller, You don't know what you're gonna have from Clayton Kershaw. That being said, this team just finds a way to win, and they won the the, the the division now, tenth time in eleven years. Your thoughts on this team? I mean, just reading your recaps from the Sporting Tribune, they they did they, they, they have something there. And again, we don't want to like act like. They got Mookie Betts. They have Freddie Freeman. They have a very <laughs> talented team. That being said, like, we don't have the same feeling going into the postseason that, that, that we have had that of things, you know, that they should win the world series. I, I think you agree with me, Grant. If they did win the world series this year, that would be surprising. They won the division. They'll be in the postseason. I, I, think they get to the championship series and lose to Atlanta. But your thoughts on this team?
0: Well, I think what you just said there last is if they get to the championship series and lose to Atlanta, if we look at it from, from a a different perspective, that's a win on the season. I I mean, this was not even supposed to be this good. They weren't even supposed to be a 100 win team, which they're trending towards. They weren't supposed to be up this far in the division at this point in the year. And they have these luxuries now, I say if you're at this juncture and you're 13 and a half up, you're, you're, you know, they're actually two and a half behind Atlanta for home field throughout the entire playoffs. So maybe yeah. that's what they're playing for now. Um, and if you were to tell me that back in March, I would have said, you are crazy. You're not <laughs> talking right. Um, but at this point you kind of just got to go for it, but there are so many issues. Like you said, there's still issues with runners in scoring position, which I've mentioned many times, there's still that starting pitching issue, which you need to have going going into the playoffs they are I mean they, they were on a five game winning streak uh they lost last night to um to to the you know to another team so look that they're racking up series wins they're winning right now but there are question marks going into the playoffs it, it doesn't really matter what you do now it's about that momentum going into the playoffs like I've mentioned many times the Braves are still playing very well all these teams that are fighting for playoff spots the Marlins the Diamondbacks the Giants they play the Giants they're welcoming the Giants in for a four game series at Chavez Ravine this weekend the Giants are going to want to beat the Dodgers because yeah. if the Dodgers win that series they have the ability to play spoiler as a division. division winner and knock the Giants out of the playoffs. So it's going to be a heated series. That's what's good about it is that when you have three teams in the NL West playing so well, you you still get those playoff-like atmosphere games down the stretch, which they're going to need going into the playoffs because usually, you know, a team wins a division and they kind of just fall down. They don't really care. They kind of rest. And I do want the Dodgers to rest. I hope that Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman jog everywhere. Do not get hurt. Just rest a little bit. But other than that, these games and these series against teams that are trying to get in the playoffs, they're going to help the Dodgers. And I, I think that's good for them because last year, they did not do well going into the postseason. And I think this year, playing teams that are still in contention is going to help them a little bit.
1: So we got official word on Shohei Otani in terms of the surgery he will be hitting next year, will not be pitching full the um, hope and the expectation is he'll, he'll come back to pitching in t- 2025. Does that change anything, Grant? I think that the common perception is the Dodgers didn't really do anything big this season, this offseason, uh, mainly because they're going to go all in on Shohei Uhtani, uh thought to be the first half a billion dollar player, $500 million contract,
0: perhaps. Does that change anything for you? No, it doesn't. Look, my my, my stance on this, and there's a lot of Dodger fans that are saying, well, if he's damaged goods, I don't know if he should if you, you should pay him that money. You're not going to sign him to a one-year contract. I will guarantee you that. You're signing him for a long time. So, sure, okay, he may miss 2024 pitching-wise. But if you have that, let's just say we replace J.D. Martinez with Shohei (laughs) Ohtani. Would you take that? Because I certainly would. And then in 2025, you go, okay, you have Bobby Miller, Walker Buehler probably, and Shohei Otani is your big three, is, is in the starting pitching staff, and that's maybe Kershaw pitches another two years. I'm not sure, but I'm just you know saying he probably won't. That's a pretty good starting three for the next two years. Like Dodger fans have to realize this is not just a short-term thing. This is a long-term deal. So when you're thinking about Shohei Otani, yeah, you're going to, you know, you're going to have to pay him probably 4 to 500 million dollars, but you're getting that elite arm and even if he isn't a starting pitcher, say he's your closer, if you replace Evan Phillips with Shohei Otani, I think everyone would take that. And then yeah. you could probably move Bruce Stargell to the setup man or even Evan Phillips to the setup man. It's just an upgrade in every way if they do decide to just pursue him and get him. And I think Dodger fans have to realize that, that, okay, he may not pitch, but, you know, adding that bat in that lineup, despite his injury history, that's going to be a big plus. I think they still should. I think they still will because they cleared up all this cap space to get Shohei Otani. That's what they did. That's why they signed guys to one year, $10 million deals, Peralta, Martinez, Hayward, They kind of just cleared space so that they have the money to spend on him. And he would be a perfect addition to that lineup and to that rotation, even if it's in 2025.
1: Uh, Grant, USC goes on the road for our first road game of the season. They go to Tempe, still favored by a ton, another sort of 28-plus point spread there. Uh, And then the following weekend, as we know and everyone's talked about it, 9 a.m. Pacific time kickoff at Colorado. I guess kind of of lump these two games together. Uh, um, You don't want to call it a layup because they do go on the road and Tempe, as you know, historically has always been like a, a tough place to play for USC. I do expect them to win going away. That being said... I mean, the hype around USC, Colorado, and that's why I, I am pulling for Colorado. It's going to be tough for them to go to Eugene and win, but, Ben, if it's undefeated USC versus undefeated Colorado, and at that point, if Colorado finds a way to win, I think they, they, they do maybe sneak in at number 10, kind of. uh, uh That's going to be Massive.
0: Yeah, that would be kind of like a bowl game yeah. in, early in the season, which is crazy. I mean, obviously, you got to give a lot of credit to, to what Deion Sanders has done to that Colorado program. But USC's offense is absolutely sensational. Even with Kay Williams, Zachariah Branch, um, they, they look better than they even did last year with Jordan Addison. So um, this USC offense is something special. And their defense is getting better. You know, yeah. I've criticized Alex Grinch you know, quite a bit, but the defense is getting a little bit better. Their line is a little bit better. Um, you know they've gotten some guys back from injury so uh, this USC team you know I know they're probably going to be on the outside of the top four for a little bit just because you have Texas you know Florida State had a little bit of a hiccup last weekend against Boston College Um, so USC has the opportunity to do something special but you know me and Brandon keeps keep talking about this I'm not really worried about Colorado I'm kind of worried about Washington because those those Huskies up there in, in in Washington I mean they have a Dang good team, and you know, with Penix back there as a quarterback, he looks sensational. Um, they have a great defense, um, so if i'm usc yes of course the colorado game is something that everyone's going to be talking about and it's a 9 a.m kickoff which is kind of crazy i wish it was a prime time right prime yeah. time deon sanders it <laughs> may, kind of makes sense um but you know regardless it's going to be a huge game of course usc i think takes care of arizona state and tempe i know it's a tough place to play i'm glad they're playing at night because in in the daytime in arizona that might have oh, caused man. issues but um, yeah, it's going to be such a fun matchup, USC-Colorado, but for for me, if I'm USC, my focus is on UW because UW is that team that I think can maybe you know kick off a team like Oregon, USC, Colorado in, in the Pac-12. And it's crazy, the Pac-12 in the last year is the best it's ever been. That's yes, right. So which is crazy. Eight teams, I think, in the top 25, which is insane. Yeah, it's nuts.
2: Yeah, I mean, Pac-12 going out with a bang. <laughs> you guys, you guys, exactly. you guys go hard in the in the fourth, <laughs> the literal fourth. Um, and I I couldn't agree with you more, Grant. Well, U-Dub is crazy, crazy good, like sneaky, sneaky good, um, quick, fast. They're just and it's very entertaining, by the way. And that that they um, won me a crap ton of money on uh, uh, <laughs> last week against uh, Michigan State. So thank you, UW. Um, my question is about our beloved Clippers. <laughs> and um, this new rule that's going to be coming up. I have the over on um, both stars missing multiple games um, and getting fined um, up the wazoo. Uh, I'm just wondering what you, what you think and what you think may be the possible home. I know I'm putting the cart ahead of the horse, but um, about our home opener, about uh, how well they might possibly do against Portland.
0: Yeah, you know, for the Clippers, they retain. I think they're the, the only team that's retained all of their free agents in the offseason. They retained Plumlee, they retained Russell Westbrook, and Kawhi Leonard, they, the Clippers just put out a thing where Kawhi Leonard said having that Hall of Fame point guard for a full season is going to be so good, and I agree. Um, you know, I think for the Clippers this year… The Clippers usually do better when there's no expectations on them. Like in 19 and 20, that 1920 season when they had Paul George and Kawhi, all the expectations, oh, they're better than the Lakers. They're going to win the title, this this, and that. They fizzled out in the second round and they blew that 3-1 lead. The next year, not really many expectations. People kind of didn't really think about them. They said, oh, they had their chance. They went to the Western Conference Finals. The next year, people said they weren't even going to make the play-in. They were going to be terrible. Paul George gets out. They make the play-in, and they kind of overperform. Last year, bunch of championship expectations. Oh, Paul George is back. Kawhi Leonard's back. Everyone's back. A lot of depth. They fizzle out in the first round. Everyone gets hurt. This year, not many expectations. I don't hear a lot of people talking about the Clippers. I don't hear a lot of them talking about Russell Westbrook. It's all about Harden. Is Harden going there? This, this, and that. I think when the expectations are lower for this team, they perform better. I think this will be kind of like a year like 2020, 2021, where they went to the conference final. I don't think they will. They, they, they I just think that those two players that year, they both were all-stars and they both played, I think, 60-plus games. So I, I expect that from this team again. Um whether they miss, you know, they will miss back-to-backs. I, let, let's just get it. You know, th- they know their injury history. The training staff is not going to change the way they do things. But I do think that they'll play more back-to-backs. They'll play more. Now, does that mean they're going to play 72 games? Probably not. But for this Clipper team, when expectations are lower, I think they play better. And especially Russell Westbrook. This guy is, has oh. that dog mentality in him. When everything's against him, he performs the best. And they have still a good team regardless if they. Tra- for james harden so uh I, I have good expectations for them i just don't think their championship expectations like everyone was saying last year in a 19 and 20
1: yeah i mean I, I i get why the clippers are the poster childs for the uh, load management thing but grant as you know um they've been legitimately hurt and i say that as someone who's not you know waving the clipper flag but like Clearly, they wanted both of them to be on the court in the postseason. I think if they were both on the court when we saw a healthy Kawhi in Game 1, I think the Clippers beat the Suns. I think they go on a run. Um. So the fact of, fact of the matter is, yes, there have been moments perhaps where they've sat one. Generally not both, by the way, but... You know, come postseason, they didn't have Kawhi and Paul George this past season. They didn't have Kawhi and Paul George the previous se- season. They didn't have Kawhi the season before that. It's like they they don't want this. I, I believe me. They they Tyloo Lawrence Frank. They want those guys to be on the court. Do do they want them on the court on a Tuesday afternoon, a Tuesday night game? Perhaps not, but postseason. Yes, uh, Grant, you're the best. Uh, read all your stuff at the Sporting uh, Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune Jill Pater Lopez. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network.
0: We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio.
1: Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii. Call our hotline, 310-400-0340. Now let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline and joining us now from the Sporting Tribune and KCBS KCAL, Jill Pater Lopez. Jill, how are you doing, my friend?
3: I'm good. Good morning. How are you
1: guys? We are good. Uh, Listen, I mean, this is generally, as you know, Southern California, Las Vegas, Hawaii, Colorado, however, has expanded our coverage zone. We are so fascinated by Colorado. Uh, Again, we've already kind of begun to count down for that game, not this Saturday, the following Saturday. However, the Buffs have a big game this Saturday, and Jill, as a USC Trojan, I am pulling for you guys because... That, that game next Saturday is going to be big regardless. Right. However, if you guys can beat Oregon and USC does what they're supposed to do in Tempe, I, uh, that game is going to get e- even bigger. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on what's happening. That number that they did for the Colorado State game, it, it, crazy. Fifth most watched game, college football game. When you, when you consider it was a 10 p.m. start back east, uh, but a fantastic game. Jill, your thoughts on that game?
3: It, I mean, the ratings are stunning. I mean, yeah. Prime's effect is just, uh, you know, every week, I think we keep seeing like new things happening like 1.2 million in sales on his blender's That's eyewear fun. last Friday because of the sunglasses controversy. Like everything he touches equals money, equals ratings. And it's really hard to, <coughs> excuse me, quantify. All that he has done. Now it's 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 just it's just surprising what continues to happen. And also, if you look at the start of that game, it didn't kick off until ten twenty because That's that right. game ran late. So you're talking, um you know, ten twenty East Coast time, and people staying up and being so interested. I can't tell you how many I have relatives on the East Coast. How many people stayed up to oh, wow. you know two thirty to watch that game? It's because. He is such a magnetic personality and, and people want to know what's happens. Also, CU was on the ropes. I mean, they were on yes. the ropes I mean, in the fourth quarter. So uh, for them to come back and win, I mean, Shador Sanders put the ball in his hands and Hutchinson, the tight end. I mean, they just, they made the plays when they had to. Overtime, take the ball first. It's like, what? This is unconventional, <laughs> right? You win the toss and you want the ball first. And it, it, it just, it's incredible. 60 minutes back-to-back back years they just aired another interview with with deon sanders back-to-back back years and as they said on 60 minutes we don't normally do that but you can't avoid it msnbc yeah. like i mean it's not just sports it's just he's just captivating uh the country
1: you know the fascinating thing and this happens with with uh, i guess you could say polarizing figures to, to you want the, you so these Big numbers in terms of viewership. You tune in because you want him to win because you're a fan. But you also have the segment of the population who can't wait to see, oh, Colorado State beat you. And it was so great because it was such a fantastic game. And uh, like you said, the drama, like even if it was late night back east, you can't turn off a game where CU's on the rope. You can't turn off a game that's in the first overtime, in the second overtime. Um, How did you take in that
3: game, Jill? Were you at home? I was at home watching, definitely. And uh, it was, you know, I wasn't going to miss a a minute of that game. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I got to say this, like, I think a lot of people are also tuning in, not just to see it you know, see you fault or, or, see if they win or whatever. I think they're also tuning in for kind of the circus outside yeah. of, of the football team. And I mean, you know, little wheezy, like, you know, yeah. leading the team in, like it's a boxing fight and you got a rapper coming in and seeing a who's who that's there. It reminds me a lot of USC and, 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 uh, you remember those years of Rosh? Oh I Yeah. Of celebrities on the sidelines when in the lineard and, and and Bush era, um, so that's all interesting. And, and you can't turn away. There was such a big hit, um, you know, uh, a dirty hit, of course, on on uh, Travis Hunter. So now you've got the the two way star and Heisman candidate, who's yeah. you know probably going to miss three games. And unless he just does an incredible job, and just uh, you know, I, I can't just uh, imagine him being in line to, to win the Heisman anymore. Um, so again, just, just a ton of things going on. And the other thing, Arash, you're, uh, you spend obviously a lot of time in Vegas. If you look at the spreads for these games, Vegas is getting Colorado all wrong all the time.
1: A hundred percent. We were, we were just talking about that. Cause I, I, I checked in with GA uh, to see what the line is at Circus Sports. Again, thanks you to Circus Sports for sponsoring the show. 21 points again like when you look at the point spreads like you said you, know, you go to that first game at TCU what was that spread Jill like 28 or 21 or 20 it was in
3: the 20s 20 something yeah so
1: I mean again I'm not saying Colorado without Travis Hunter is going to go into Eugene and win they could but I mean a 21 point spread
3: Jill that's kind of surprising right? It, it, especially because the spreads have, have been wrong. I mean, they, there was a close spread against Nebraska, and they dominated Nebraska. Uh, and then the spread against CSU, highly favored for Colorado, was 23 points, that's right. and they almost lose that game. So that's what I'm saying. Like, every week, it's like wrong, wrong, wrong. So <clears throat> who knows what to do with, with the Colorado Buffaloes, right? Uh, I mean, I don't think they're 21-point dogs to, to Oregon. I don't yeah. think a Deion Sanders coach team would allow his team to get blitzed. But you know, the one real big deficiency I see with, with the, the Buffaloes is their run defense. And so if I'm Oregon, if I'm USC, I'm running the ball a ton. I know both teams have great quarterbacks, but see if they can stop the run. And I'm a Colorado fan, but but we're we're deficient there. And then of course the secondary without Hunter is is not the same. But you cannot look past <laughs> belief, right? And and see who's That's got right. them.
1: I am uh, so fascinated by the story. But again, I think the game that we all circled on on the calendar, Jill, and I was teasing that Jihei and I have to make a bet. Uh, Jill, you and I have to make a bet. Uh, <laughs> we have to make a bet for a couple of the wine bottles that you have. Before I forget, what is the wine this week? I saw you enjoying the wine that you had on the show last week. What is this week's wine of choice?
3: Look at you, Arash, the sun, wind, soul, you remember? Yeah, that's right. I, I can tell you're a wine guy, and gee, hey, I know you're a wine gal. <laughs> um, so, this is the Gallivant Chardonnay. It's a, it's a Napa wine, uh, wow. less than a gram of sugar in this bottle. It's like an oaky, buttery shard. Oh. I think with shards, people either like a, a sweeter one or an oaky, buttery, kind of like your grandma's Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, so, Gallivant. Shard is the line of the week, scoutseller.com slash Jill Painter, if you're looking for a good shard. I love that. Okay, so we have to make a bet because the game that we're all
1: circled on our calendar, and I was hoping to be in Colorado with you for the game. I'm going to be in Vegas watching the game. By the way, Jill, 9 a.m. kickoff, 9 a.m. Pacific time, 10 a.m. Mountain time. Again, big noon kickoff. USC has to get used to this, by the way. They are moving into the Big Ten. So they're gonna have a few of these games against Michigan, Ohio State. You go down the list. Um right. it's not gonna take away from the hype and the pomp of the pageantry. I get like you mentioned, no knock on Colorado State. But CU Colorado State got Kawhi Leonard to show up. There. I mean, you can't even get Kawhi to show up to some Clippers games. That was a joke <laughs> on Twitter. So you had so the Rock. you had Weezy. It was a who's who. And Jill, I can't imagine if USC as they should be. If they are undefeated. Caleb Williams. Um I can't wait for that. OK, so your thoughts on that game again, that will be the center of the college football world, regardless of what happens in Eugene. Your thoughts on that game?
3: Well, I like so for Colorado. This is the third time they will be kicking off at 10 a.m. locally. Okay, they say they've talked about and and uh Shiloh Sanders, the defensive back who had such a big game against Colorado State, he talks about how he likes those morning kickoffs. USC didn't have to agree to that before noon kickoff, but they did, and I like that. Like Riley yeah. saying, "Hey, anytime, anywhere, whatever, we'll be we'll be fine." And as you mentioned, they're going to have to get used to those. Uh, early earlier kickoffs uh, when they head to the big 10. So uh, I think it's going to be a great test for, I mean, the, I think it's going to be one with, with the USC offense. I mean, that high powered offense, their run game, their passing Caleb Williams. Uh, they're going to test that secondary. And so I think that game is going to be won or lost there. And also special teams with, with uh, Zachariah Branch, I mean, just one of the most electric players in, in college football. So, I mean, the athletes on both sides of the ball, even if CU loses, like you mentioned, to Oregon, it's still a big game. Oh, we yeah. would love for them to both be undefeated. I mean, yeah, come huh? on, game of the week, right? <laughs> that's right. But even if the Buffaloes uh, lose to Oregon, that's, that's a huge game, so... Jill, there's a lot of people who are gonna
1: be going to Boulder, going to be going to see you for the first time this year. I think that they're gonna be watching these games on TV, saying, like, like, regardless of who they're playing, like, like, like I want to go there. What's a local tip? What's a tip from like an alum somewhere that they gotta go eat, somewhere that they gotta go drink, somewhere this is their first trip to Boulder. And again, like I'm watching these games and I'm thinking I want to be there, like I want to experience this. What's a local tip for something someone's got to do if it's their first time there?
3: Okay, so a couple things in, in Boulder. Uh, you know, walking around the campus, it's it's so beautiful. The structure of, of the buildings uh, on campus is, is so cool. So that's one thing. And Folsom Field is obviously on yeah. campus you get one of the best views. Uh, you know, you don't have to go on a hike to get a best view. You can sit in the stadium and look at the, the Flatiron Mountains, which is really cool. Um, and then... Uh, a couple of spots so the sink which is on the hill walkable from the stadium uh is a pizza place where um great pizza obama's been there it's like you know been there forever uh and it's really cool because they have a ton of stuff on the walls and people sign the walls and um what i love most about it is you uh they give it's like a thick crust and they give you a honey jar and you dip it in the honey so kind of a cool like flavor for the sink restaurant it's been there forever uh and then there's also a place called pearl street it's a it's a walkable outdoor area with restaurants and bars and so that's the place you'd maybe the sink before uh for some pizza yeah. and then uh go to the game and then head over to uh, uh pearl street uh shopping um again restaurants bars all that good stuff and the campus is beautiful so uh lots to do in boulder and certainly if you're a hiker or skier i don't i don't think the I don't know if it's skiing season quite just yet. (laughs) um, Yeah, beautiful place. So the sink for sure. That's awesome.
1: Uh, Jill, last big homestand for the season for the uh, Dodgers playing the San Francisco Giants. Um, Don't know how to feel about this team going into the postseason, mainly because of the pitching. They they played amazingly well. They've won the division 10th time in the last 11 years. Your thoughts on this team going into the postseason?
3: I'm with you. It's just such a question mark based on the pitching and I sort of feel like hey, it, I mean their lineup is so great. I mean if Freddie and Mookie and Will Smith and everybody is on and you could score 8-10 to 10 runs a game and maybe overcome what you fear might happen with the pitching um, yeah, maybe they get past the first round but but the pitching is such a big question mark and that's something we hardly ever say about the Dodgers. Yeah. Usually it's an embarrassment of riches, right? I mean you talk about Kershaw and Walker Bueller who's out, Dustin May who's out, like There's just been so many injuries. And then things happened recently with uh, Julio Urias being arrested for alleged domestic violence. So he's out. And he, I mean, he and Kershaw were going to be the two staples. Kershaw is super unpredictable this year with, you know, his injury. And he's back, but he's just not. There's a a couple of ticks off the velocity. And, I mean, my money's on Kershaw to do well. But then what? I mean, Bobby Miller is going to be in that rotation. And then... I mean, it's just such question marks, and it's very unlike this Dodger team to have so many question marks about the pitching staff. Because usually, like, here's one, two, three for the postseason, and 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 a fourth guy, uh, you know, if we need it, so somebody doesn't have to go on short rest, et cetera. And they don't have that. So uh, I think if you're a Dodger fan, you're you're definitely worried. Speaking of wine, you have a Rams Super Bowl wine behind you, and I think that's
1: uh, that's appropriate because we have Rams-Cincinnati Bengals Super Bowl rematch on Monday night. Jill, I this Rams team, and again, I, I know it's only two games. Uh, they really impressed me. You know, They go into Seattle, a Seattle team that I think will be pretty good this year, uh, mm-hmm. really beat them up in the second half. And as we know, Jill, Pete Carroll seems they are good second-half teams. So they do that. And again, no expectation for them to beat San Francisco. My goodness, I mean, the the San Francisco 49ers to beat the Rams nine straight times in the regular season. So that means even in the season that the Rams won the Super Bowl, they lost twice to San Francisco. They play them very well. They have the lead in the first half. Uh, They lose by one touchdown. And again, a a San Francisco team that this year is generally thought of as the best team in the league. Like, it's just two games into the season, Jill, but I I was totally wrong on the Rams. I I thought that, you know, tank for Caleb Williams, your thoughts on the Los Angeles
3: Rams? Uh, I am a little shocked, to be <laughs> honest. There is such controversy, uh, you know, with Matthew Stafford not connecting with the younger players, which uh, you know his wife had, uh, you know, talked about on the yeah. podcast. That created a big stir. Uh, obviously, uh, she had apologized for that later, and you can imagine that um, that was a difficult uh, time letting people know that. Now that's out in the open, and you're like, oh goodness, there's so many. I mean, all fourteen uh drafted rookies made the team they're so young and to have the veteran quarterback Stafford uh to to know that those are maybe his thoughts so again even before all that i thought they'd win maybe 5 games yeah and and you look at them being 1 and 1 i would i mean seattle i thought was going to be so much better and again like you mentioned they're a second half team but to be 1 and 1 to have been right there with the 49ers, um, I, I I'm 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 a little shocked as well. But let's look and and, and Cooper Cup out right, yeah. and we don't know exactly when he's going to be back. But Stafford is healthy, and he has found a number one target in Puka Nakua. Yeah, what, a, what an awesome story with this kid being a, a playing for Washington and then going home and and playing for BYU and and the most receptions of any. NFL player in his first two games. Amazing. And so they have just developed such a great chemistry that, I mean, almost came out of nowhere, if you will. I mean, how many people even were, were scrambling to, to get him on their fantasy team, right? Um, so been a great uh, great to watch him in that offense. Healthy Stafford, he's found some targets uh, with Higby as well. And so, hey, I, they're gonna be in games. Can the defense hold up? They just traded uh, Cam Akers. What a wild story that's been over the last two years. Uh I don't know, it's it's hard to say exactly what's been going on there the last two years, but uh last month of the season last year led the NFL in rushing over the and, last month, and then they just can't work it out, and so he's now shipped to the Vikings. So um I, I'm impressed. I, I I literally had the Rams and Chargers flipped. Yeah, right. The, and the Chargers starting zero and two, the Rams one and one. It's 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 uh not how I'd drawn it up and probably not how anyone
2: did. No. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, you, you talk uh, about P- Yeah, you talked about Pukenikua, Jill. I mean, I rushed week two To get him, because I, I didn't know How, you know uh, How much they were going to play him or anything like that So that's why I didn't put him on my fantasy squad But I definitely wanted to put him On my reserves, and he's still free For a lot of people out there that want to pick him up For some weird reason, I don't Are know Are you why, serious? In what league free. is he free? That's not yeah, right. <laughs> I just
3: assumed he was picked up I better check hey. my phone. Yeah, right
2: uh, like maybe double maybe in everybody else's fantasy league he's not picked All up, right. but in mine he is. Uh, he is now on my roster. He has started go, for dude. me this week and nice. started for me last week. So uh, he started for me last week. I was like, I'm picking that kid up right now if he's available. So um, which is crazy because nobody else on my fantasy um, league was attempting to pick up this kid. I was like, Are you guys nuts? But whatever, uh, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Um, wanted to switch over to that to Chargers football and just. I don't know. I'm just, every time you want to root for this team, they just disappoint you. They are definitely, I think Arash and I compared them to the Clippers of, uh, of LA, of, of football in LA. Um, just wondering what your expectations are. Do, should we continue our expectations on them kind of being the Clippers of LA? Should we be like, you know what? They still got a good team. Let's keep riding that train. Um, what are your thoughts?
3: The Chargers are always, you know, interesting. And I I don't think that just because they're 0-2 means they're out. There's, you know, a 17-game regular season. They've had a poor start, obviously. Uh, Now, if they get to 0-3 and and they lose to Minnesota, uh, that's a different story. Um, But I just, you know, uh, coaching is is a big part of it. Uh, They've got the players. They've got the talent. Uh, Herbert's locked up. Uh, So many weapons offensively. So it's, it's a... You know, certainly a little bit mind-boggling, but, you know, let's remember Miami's a great team. Uh, What Tyreek Hill did to them, he's going to do to a lot of teams, but I I feel like they didn't make the necessary adjustments. Um, So they seem like they're a player too away from being that good team. Um, So I've I've given them another shot. I've I've got them winning this weekend. Their backs are against the wall. They've got to win this game. They do. And uh, to go on from there, but but, uh, certainly they would be underachieving if they don't make the playoffs this year. I mean... I had him pegged to not only make the playoffs but to, but to win a game at least.
1: All right, and Jill, you're you're not the first game again. These, these are now two straight games where they've had the lead in the last three minutes and they've lost it. And so very kind of charger way to lose it. Last question, last sixty seconds. Shohei Otani again done for the season. Will have surgery. Will hit next year. Will not pitch. Uh, is expected to be maybe baseball's first five hundred million dollar player. Where do you think he goes?
3: <laughs> Ooh, where does he go? Good question. I think the West Coast somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the Dodgers want him badly. I think he's comfortable in Southern California, so I I could see that. But basically, he's going to go with a team that has the money and where he feels he's going to be comfortable. Yes. So. The, I don't know which team that is, but I don't think it's going to be the Angels. Just my personal, you know, six years, no playoffs. Yeah. They haven't been to class since 2014. Yeah. Uh, we we now know from a report that if Mike Trout requests a trade, he can uh, request that trade, and the oh, Angels might honor that, again, from a report. So we shall see. But uh, the Shohei Otani sweepstakes sweep over the offseason is, is certainly going to be interesting and, and uh, you know, good to see that that he... It had the surgery, uh, by Dr. Neil Elatrash and that he wants to, uh, you know, pitch and hit.
1: Awesome. Jill, you're the best. We'll have you back on, uh, next week we will officially make our bet for USCCU. You're the best. Uh, talk to you next week. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, stay safe and stay
0: healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.